Well, this morning we come to one of the most familiar scenes and analogies in the Bible. Uh, one of the best known metaphors of God. Uh, one of the most loved pictures of Jesus. And it's that of Good Shepherd. A Good Shepherd in John chapter 10. We see it elsewhere in the New Testament as well. In 1 Peter, Jesus is referred to as the chief shepherd. In Hebrews, he's referred to as the great shepherd. And of course, all this picks up on Old Testament references to God as being our shepherd. Uh, the most famous of those probably coming from Psalm 23, where King David begins, opens that psalm with, The Lord is my shepherd. Now, whereas David was looking ahead, looking ahead to the Messiah, not yet knowing his name. We are able to look back. We know that his name is Jesus. Jesus, whose name is the Greek form of the Hebrew name Joshua, which literally means the Lord saves. So we can look back. We can read Psalm 23, the Lord Jesus is my shepherd. And so today, uh, chapter 10 of John's gospel, uh, specifically verses one to 21, and if you're using the Bible under the chair in front of you, you'll find that on page 896. Before we hear God's word, let's take a moment to pray. Lord, we do thank you that you are our shepherd, and that through your word, you speak to us, even now, this morning. And so we would ask, we would pray that you would help us to hear your voice, that we might follow you. And so by the power of your spirit, would you now open us to your word and your word to us. And it's in Jesus we pray. Amen. And so John chapter 10, uh, beginning with verse 1, hear the word of God. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Now this figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am and the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, 
sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. There was again a division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said, he is a demon and is, and is insane. Why listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? This is the word of God. Well, three primary images that we need to talk about to better understand this passage. A door, sheep, and shepherd. A door, sheep, and shepherd. So let's talk first about the door. So Jesus begins this passage by saying that the one who enters the sheep pen by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. There are others trying to get in from other ways, but if he comes through the door, he is the shepherd. And so we see that the door becomes the means for recognizing the shepherd. But then Jesus takes the analogy further by identifying himself as the door. And as you may remember, this is, is one of the seven I am statements that we find in John's gospel. In fact, it is, it's the shortest. Very succinctly, Jesus says, I am the door. And doors are important. So I'm, I'm reminded of a, a good friend of mine in college. I will call him Jeffrey and hopefully protect his identity, though my wife quickly figured it out in first service. But Jeffrey and I took lots of road trips together, and I think it was God's way to begin to teach me patience. Because a couple of things about Jeffrey that might be helpful to know. One, he really loved caffeinated drinks, and the other, he had a very small bladder. And so we had to stop all the time. And I remember one of those times he said, hey, I need to go, please find an exit now. So we got off, before I could even park, he was out the door and ran inside of a large, uh, large fast food restaurant. So I finally I parked and, and I went in as well. And I do remember the, the bathrooms were set up a lot like they are here in our church building. So there was kind of the, the little waiting area with the water fountain in the middle and the men's room was on the left and the women's room was on the right. So I went on in the men's room. I didn't see Jeffrey. That wasn't uncommon. He basically only used the stall. And you see where this is going. I came out. I'm waiting for Jeffrey. And in a few moments, he comes out of the women's restroom. And he's got this bewildered look on his face. And he looks at me with all seriousness and he said, Camper, the oddest thing just happened. I was in the bathroom and there were ladies in there. Yeah, that's because you were in the women's restroom. 
that's one of the many stories I could tell you about my dear friend Jeffrey. And you know, we do, he and I have laughed at it, uh, laughed about that since then. It you know, really wasn't a big deal. No one pressed charges or anything like that. I think everybody was pretty much amused with him already. But when it comes to eternity, it really does matter which door you enter. And that's what Jesus is getting at here. It really does matter. So Jesus begins this section, verses 7 and 8, by saying, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. Okay, so we, we read those couple of verses. We see very clearly Jesus is the door of the sheep, with the sheep being the people of God, the, the community of faith, God's family. And he also makes reference to thieves and robbers, and those would be the, the false messiahs, uh, the misleading religious leaders of the day, some of which he's talking to at this very moment. And, of course, we've got our share of them in our day and age as well. Then verse 9 Jesus says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. If anyone enters by me, through me, he will be saved. Now, if you've been in the church for any length of time, it's just so easy to take that for granted. Being saved. But, you know, salvation is is what you most deeply long for. Salvation is what I most deeply long for. And when you think about it, salvation is the grandest theme in all of our storytelling. It's the grandest theme running through film, TV, books, music, the stories that we tell one another, the lives that you and I live. You know, whether it's Shawshank Redemption, uh, rebels uh, being, rebel forces being saved from the evil empire, or maybe Supergirl rescuing the city, or Wonder Woman saving the world. Maybe it's the song that you download, a song about a man who's seeking his salvation in relationship with a woman, or vice versa. And then there's always the athlete who's given the opportunity to redeem him or herself. And of course, it all points to the greatest and most significant salvation of all. Rescue from our sin and brokenness. Restoration of our fallen world and lives. And ultimately, reconciliation with God, our Creator. And I want you to note exactly what Jesus is saying here. And what He doesn't say. But what he does say is this. This verse clearly teaches that Jesus is the door. Not a door, but the door to true salvation. That's what he's getting at. Jesus is the only way to God. Which, of course, is echoing another I am statement that we'll come to uh, later in John's Gospel, where Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Except through the door. And I am the door. 
Okay, so one more thing about the door. So the sheepfold or, or the sheep pen, it was usually attached to the shepherd's home. And so to enter the sheepfold was to come home. And Jesus is saying that as the door of the sheep, he is the only means of coming home to God, of becoming a member of that household of faith, God's people. So again, that's what he's getting at here when he refers to himself as the door. Well, we also need to talk about the sheep. So Jesus says that he's the door of the sheep, also that he's the shepherd of the sheep. And so a few things about sheep. Now, I am not a shepherd. I don't know if any of you are or ever have been shepherds. I was looking for Bryant Brooks because I figured he probably has. See some head nods? Yes, I think so. But anyway, he's not here, so I will just defer to uh, the biblical scholars and the theologians that I have read who actually were shepherds first. And, and they make for fascinating reads if you've never read uh, any of these folks. But they point out that sheep are rather unintelligent animals. Okay, that, That's putting it nicely. Uh, they follow each other around, easily lose their direction, and they, ju they just get lost in ways that other animals don't. And what happens to a lost sheep? Well, a lost sheep gets confused, it gets disoriented, it gets really scared, and then they just begin running around aimlessly until they're exhausted, and then they just sit down and die. Okay, they die either from starvation or because eventually they're preyed upon by some other animal. Now, if you are looking for the lost sheep and you find it before it dies, well, then you discover that it's pretty difficult to round up a lost sheep. I mean, you know, we've got this, this romanticized view of the cute little lamb that, oh, it sees us and we see it and it comes running and bounds up into our arms. Okay, that's like Hallmark. Get that out of here. That's, that is not reality. The sheep gets startled, it becomes more disoriented, it begins running around to and fro in this massive panic. But sheep are also slow. And so you can catch them. But it doesn't get any easier there because then you've got to knock them to the ground. You've got to wrestle them and then tie them up before you can throw them on your shoulders and carry them home. In fact, I was reminded after first service that sometimes what a shepherd will do if a sheep has this tendency to keep wandering and getting get lost is the shepherd will have to break the sheep's legs and then bind them up so that they can, they can heal but during that time carrying the sheep on his shoulders so that the sheep is learning to trust the shepherd but my point is that sheep are difficult Dumb, defenseless, weak. In fact, they are among the most helpless of all animals. Okay, so what is Jesus doing here? Well, he is likening us to sheep. So how's that for some encouragement on a Sunday morning? And he's not the only one to make the comparison. The prophet Isaiah says... We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And we just sang earlier, 
prone to wander. Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. And that's all of us. You know, as I think back just to this past week, we had a session meeting, and as we were uh, closing the meeting, uh, Lanning Anderson closed us in prayer. Lanning is one of our elders. He doesn't know what I'm about to say. But as he closed us in prayer, he did not notice that I quickly wrote down how he began that prayer. Because he aptly prayed this. Lord, we're idiots and don't even know what's right in front of us much of the time. Guide us, protect us, provide for us. What he was getting at is that we are all sheep. We're sheep, and that, that pretty much summarizes our fallen condition. Without rescue, we are in real trouble. We die. We're dead. And so clearly in this passage, Jesus wants us to see our helplessness and our need of him. But there's something else about sheep. Something else Jesus wants us to see about ourselves. Because in Jesus' day, sheep were among the most valuable of all animals. As another commentator pointed out, every single part of the sheep was valuable. They were, pound for pound, the most valuable animals you could have. The wool that was grown, the skin, the meat, every single part of the sheep was of value. The shepherds didn't have their money in a bank. The sheep were their treasure. That's where their worth was. That's where their wealth was. The sheep were incredibly valuable. You know, if you think about it, it, it makes sense. I mean, it makes sense that this is why robbers and thieves would try to break into the sheep pen. To steal something of value. Or, of course, it makes sense why a shepherd would leave the 99 sheep and go after the one that was lost. Sheep were incredibly valuable. And what Jesus is saying is that you are incredibly valuable. Jesus is saying you are incredibly valuable to me. You mean so much more to me than you could ever imagine. In fact, you matter so much that I would give my life for you. And that brings us, lastly, to the shepherd. The good shepherd. The good shepherd. Jesus introduces himself as the shepherd of the sheep. Verse 2. And then clearly states, verses 11 and 14, another I am statement. Jesus states, I am the good shepherd. Now again, I don't know that anybody here is, is a shepherd, and, and I surely am not a shepherd, but I think we all pretty much know the purpose of a shepherd. A shepherd is to protect and provide for the sheep, to lead them, to feed them, to make sure that they have green pastures to feed from. To make sure that they have quiet water to drink from. To make sure that these sheep are safe and secure. That's the purpose of the shepherd. 
And the one adjective used here to describe this shepherd is the word good. He's good. And what makes him good? Well, what makes him good is repeated five times in the second half of the passage. Verse 11, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Verse 15, I lay down my life for the sheep. Verse 17, I lay down my life. Verse 18, I lay it down. And again, at the end of the verse, I lay it down. Five times, Jesus clearly states that the good shepherd is good precisely because he lays down his life for the sheep. Now, in terms of of pastoral practice in Jesus' day, the shepherd shepherd himself was literally the human door to the sheep pen. Okay, he actually lay across the opening of the sheep pen at night. In other words, he actually lay down his life every night, which, of course, is central to the sheep's safety. He was their savior from any threat that would come from outside of the fold. Again, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And the key to understanding his goodness is that little word, for. I lay down my life for the sheep. Because our English word just doesn't capture the depths of what's actually being said here. For the sheep. Because you see, the Greek preposition used here means in place of, instead of, as a substitute for. And so what's Jesus saying? What what, what is Jesus doing? He's pointing us ahead. He's pointing to the cross. Because on the cross, Jesus gave his life for us. In our place, as our substitute. The place where we should be, Jesus put himself there. In other words... The good shepherd became a sheep. The good shepherd became the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Scottish theologian Ian Campbell says it well. If you wish to see how good a shepherd he is, you must watch him as he goes to Calvary. If you want to see the kind of shepherd that speaks here, follow him as he takes his long, lonely journey that will see him at last laying down his life. If you want to appreciate what this claim is saying, then take a look at Jesus in every stage of his life and at last in his death and resurrection. Don't lift your eyes from him. Watch him. Watch him as he lives among the people and teaches them and moves toward the cross. He does nothing to avoid the cross. He sets his face like a flint toward Jerusalem, and then he hands himself over to those who will bind him to that cursed tree.
What is he doing? At Calvary, he is laying down his life. And why is he doing that? Because the giving of his life is going to save the flock. Friends, that's how good a shepherd he is. That's how good our shepherd is. He goes all the way to the cross, and at the cross, the great shepherd became the great sacrifice for us. He became the Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world in our place, in love for us. And let me end with this. In fact, we sang of it a bit earlier. When I was sinking down, sinking down, sinking down. So think about a sinking ship, an ocean liner, a cruise ship, but whatever it is, you're on it. And if a ship is sinking, there's only one place that people can be saved, and that's in the life, the lifeboat. And so you follow the voice to it. Well, in a world that's sinking, that's sinking down in sin and brokenness, sinking down in conflict and despair, sinking down into the depths of God's righteous judgment, the only safe place for sinners is in the Savior, Jesus. He is the only door. For true salvation. And he is the great shepherd who protects and provides for his sheep now and always. And so listen to his voice. Follow him unconditionally. Trust him. Because no matter what, he will guard you. He will guide you. And he will carry you home. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, we thank you this morning, this day, that you are the one true door, that you have made the way known to us and that you have opened up salvation to us through the cross. We thank you that you are the one true shepherd who laid down your life for us on that cross that we might enter in and come home to God. That we might be safe and secure for eternity. And so help us, we pray, to trust you now and always in all things. Amen.